And I just kind of said to him, real matter-of-factly, like, look, dude, you're dead. You know, this isn't really helping. I know you want to see your friends, but, you know, I don't know exactly what's on the other side, but my understanding of it is that time doesn't exist. So if you were to just go back to God, flash of a blink of an eye, you'll be with your friends and everybody you loved again. And I, and I saw him kind of take that in and he understood it. And then I saw him kind of shrink down into this orb and then bloop, 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 and went off into the sky. And I told them the story and then the guy says, do you know where you're at? And I was like, no. And he said, this beach is called Polihale, which means house of the dead. Welcome back to Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, the super awesome YouTube podcast show where me, your artist friend Chris Dyer, talks to all his super cool friends. Well, this week I got a very special guest. Her name is Judea Starr. We met briefly throughout the years, actually it's been 17 years that we know each other uh, through uh, California reggae festivals that's here around. And, but I'd, we never really had a friendship. And... Uh, she decided to come to my retreat in Tarapoto, Peru recently. She did a retreat for two weeks and we become great friends. I would say one of my best friends even. Uh, she's such a great person, super interesting. And uh, this interview is actually gonna be like very hard for me to record because there's so many questions I have for her. She's a great artist, musician, uh, the, one of the most powerful psychics I've met and I've met many in my life. Uh, so there's tons of topics we're going to talk about today. Um, so hey, Julia! Hey. How you doing, dude? <laughs> Woo! How's it? I'm doing pretty good. So where are we? We're in Cusco, Peru. Yeah! What are we up to? We're up to adventures, seeing and um, receiving messages from ancient ruins all over this beautiful land. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah I've been to Cusco five times already. And you usually go with like a guy to tell you a story. And uh, so far for me, it's interesting to go to these ruins with you because you tell me like what you hear, the people who used to live there or even the energies around. Right. They give you their version of the story, which is a yeah. totally great parallel. Um, so uh, let's start from the beginning. Okay. Uh, what do you do? I am a psychic, intuitive energy healer and sound healer. That is my profession. Nice. Yeah. So when you do your healings, uh, you use sound bowls and... Yeah, so I do um, a psychic assessment. I'm going through people's energy field to see how it's flowing, how it's running, where things are moving in a really good way and pushing them forward in a really, you know, positive way. And then where things are a little more blocked and what we can do to move through them. And then I use the power of sound and sound frequencies to help dispel those stuck energies and get everything flowing the way it's supposed to so you can live your optimal best life highest potential all of that mm -hmm. how does sound help like you know there's sounds all the time around me 
which are the helpful ones and which ones are the, you know, the ones that damage you even? Well, there's a lot of sounds, any natural sounds. Everything is in harmony with the natural sound of the universe. And any of those sounds can be very healing. But there's a science behind it where there are specific sounds that have certain qualities to invoke certain, you know, emotional impulses or intuitive openings or um, more mental clarity, physical ailments, things like that. So if you've ever heard of cymatics where they put like this drum and they have a speaker under it and they pour sand on it and they do all these frequencies and you see all these beautiful patterns opening up. Well, those beautiful patterns move through our physical body, our physical reality, and it kind of imprints those patterns through things. And so when we're out of balance, like going through heavy emotions or fears, anxieties, our energy gets really jumbled and scattered. And when we're using sound, it pulls everything back into these beautiful frequencies and everything starts flowing the way that it's supposed to. And it's very relaxing and meditative and, and uh, yeah. It, and it, it has a miraculous ability to help us move through things that have afflicted us our whole life. Mm-hmm. Sound. Beautiful. Well, I enjoyed when you did my sound healing to me. Thank you so much. It was my Christmas, my Christmas, my <laughs> birthday present. <laughs> it was my birthday during the retreat. Um, So tell me, when did you start realizing you had special abilities that were different from other human beings? I had a massive kundalini awakening when I was 19 years old. And so what a kundalini awakening is, is basically when all your chakras just blast open and the energy surges really quickly and you blow your, your top. That's one way of putting it. That's what happened to me. And this happens to a lot of people and it can be very... Um, very intense. People can end up in hospitals and needing special care. Um, but it's like all the veils, all the dimensions kind of get ripped open at once and you're seeing and hearing everything and you don't know what it is. And that's what happened to me when I was 19. And I've had to learn to shut it down and control. It took me about 20 years to finally get to a place where I was, you know, felt versed in, in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I didn't know that one. Yeah. So what can you see? Like what, what's, what's your range? Well, all psychics and intuitives have different abilities. My specific abilities have been mostly up to this point in having a really clear, detailed view into shadow. Um, And it's because of the nature of my work, because I'm trying to help people. So I am a medium, but there are many states of mediums. We have spirits who've crossed over, earthbound spirits, dark entities, you know, elementals, angels, deities, there's all kinds of entities we could be experiencing and they all exist in different dimensional planes. But earthbound spirits and lower level entities at first were the ones that I saw the most. Um, But I can see anything that's happened in the past, traumas that people have dealt with in this lifetime and other lifetimes. I'm pretty good at seeing past lives. That's one of the most enjoyable things that I have in my gifts. But I'm also to see, able to see in the light spectrums, um, elemental earth spirits, um, angels, spirit guides, other high beings that I can't give a name or a real face to, all kinds of things. I've been able to see into other dimensions, other planets. Uh, I have seen the future, um, ETs, you know, high dimensional beings, interdimensional beings. I hear, I smell, I taste, and I touch within a realm that other people can't mm. perceive. So I, it's everything, really. It sounds overwhelming. 
it used to be very overwhelming. It was very hard to function in, in the normal world, but I've learned in the last you know number of years how to turn it on and off, or if it's on and I don't necessarily want it on, I'm able to like channel the energy so I can remain grounded and not be too affected by what's happening around me. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. And you now use it to help people. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to now turn my gaze upon people and utilize all those lessons in that metaphysical space, my lens that I'm able to look through and help people decipher and entangle and you know, connect the dots to the things that are, they're holding on to vibrationally and how that connects to what their experiences and their reality and what we can do to move and shift that very quickly. Mm-hmm. Because when we're working from the physical plane, it's like hard to like quit your job, break up with that loser and move to another state. You know, that's like a long, slow process where what I try to show people is like, look, your frequency is emitting this story. That story is reflective in your reality. So let's just change the, change the song. Right. And then watch the universe just flip everything the way that it's supposed to do. And and people seem to be pleased. Beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no, I like that. So let's start with the earthbound spirit. Um, I guess ghosts would be uh, entities that even normal people can see sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see them fairly easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning, you were telling me some stories. We've had you've told me so many stories in a retreat, but at one point you learned how to help him move on somewhere else. Tell us about that. So I first started seeing spirits immediately, and I always had this strong feeling or draw that I I didn't want to leave them where they were at because earthbound spirits are very close to the physical dimension and there's a variety and infinite way that it works it's like never the same for any two souls but they, they generally have a very heavy energy either they don't know they've passed they're stuck in some sort of loop or they know they've passed but they don't know really what's beyond or how to get there and uh when i was seeing spirits in the beginning i always felt like man i wish i could help them i feel like there's something but i didn't really have a a a religious or spiritual background and i didn't know if there was a doorway or a portal or how i would get them there and if they would even listen to me and um i would say about five six seven years into seeing spirits on a regular i ended up on the island of Kauai, which is where i live now and and this was you know, I think around 2006, I got invited to this beach one night, and it was nighttime when I had gotten out there, and I'd never been there before, and almost immediately, I was met with the spirit, but what was different about him was that he was so solid, like, every spirit I've ever seen prior to that were, like, translucent or see-through, or I can only, like, make out parts of their body, and this one night, I mean, it was as solid as solid as solid, but, but yet they were spirit they were energy and um he was a guy my age and he was connected to the people who had invited me out there and i it was different this time because i felt like he was one of my peers he felt like he could be my friend and i could just talk to him like normal not like oh who's this old man from the 1800s that like we don't get each other because we're from different generations this time with this guy it was just kind of like it was a dude it was a dude (laughs) and he was a skater too he was a skateboarder how do you know um, because eventually I found out that it was a friend of the people and he died bombing his skateboard down a hill oh. and hit the back of a car and kind of instantly went. So wow. a sad story. He was young, about 25 years old, I'm guessing. And uh, and I just kind of said to him real matter-of-factly, like, 
look, dude, you're dead. You know, this isn't really helping. I know you want to see your friends, but, you know, I don't know exactly what's on the other side, but my understanding of it is that time doesn't exist. So if you were to just go back to God, flash of a blink of an eye, you will be with your friends and everybody you loved again. And I, and I saw him kind of take that in and he understood it. And then I saw him kind of shrink down into this orb and then bloop, 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 and went off into the sky. And I was like, wow, I did it. <laughs> I was like, I finally did it. I just need to talk to him like normal people, you know, because yeah. I did the whole poltergeist thing, like, go to the light. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so ridiculous. And it didn't work. They were not into it in the past. But this time I talked to him as a friend and as just a peer and just to help. And he listened and he went. And then boom, boom, boom. I was met with three, four, five others and then many others. And then I got really scared. And I stood up in the middle of all of this and I saw this beach that I was on was crested by these beautiful mountains trailing off into the ocean. And it's like a beach as far as you can see, but it was nighttime and the stars were incredible. And it was just so majestic and beautiful. But when I stood up, I saw that there was this pinpoint over the mountaintops and there was thousands of spirits walking down and congregating on the beach where I was at and then walking out over the ocean and disappearing over this other spot. And I had many conversations with with a lot of them and, and the one prevailing thing is that they were all so heavy like I could feel how they lived their life like the bad things they did how they died you know and and they were all walking from one point to the other with nothing but the clothes on their back and they kind of instinctually walked from point A to point B and it was only the ones that were walking by me that would actually stop and kind of try to check me out and figure out what was going on and mind you I was completely frightened this whole time because I'm thinking I'm in some weird portal where all the bad souls go and then I was met by this family that had a really bright energy and they explained to me that they were walking just like everybody else and so I took a look around and I was like whoa it's like there's men and women and old and young there's babies there's criminals and murderers and rapists next to saints and good hard-working people and it didn't matter who you were gay straight black white asian whatever they were all walking and it didn't matter if you were a terrible person or the best person side by side shoulder by shoulder walking out over this ocean and i knew instantly that i was witnessing a portal or a hallway a transition point between the time that we left our body and went to the other side and I knew what was over the ocean was was a space in which that cloak that heaviness that I perceived on them was going to be removed and cleared from them and uh, and I cried and I was praying and you know it was just it was one of the most intense moments in my life and then my friend who invited me there was like hey the food's done come over and then I'm like looking up and I was like oh there's no spirits there's nothing and and um, he took me back to his friends and they were serving food and they were like, how do you like the beach? And I was like, uh, well, and I told them the story and then the guy says, do you know where you're at? And I was like, no. And he said, this beach is called Polihale, which means house of the dead. And all the kahunas on Hawaii say that this is the exiting point for all souls on the earth. Mm-hmm. So for me, at that point in time, that was a huge validation that maybe I wasn't totally crazy (laughs) maybe that there was something going on here with this vision and this sight because prior to that I was really struggling with um, accepting my gifts and um, 
yeah so that was how I figured it out and that is what I use now still to help spirits cross over and I'm you know I've refined my method at this point that was a long time ago but yeah Beautiful. that's how I figured it out awesome so that leads me to my next question which is the question that most people <laughs> want to know what's afterlife what, what's the afterlife like the afterlife is um, so multifaceted and it's different for everybody and everybody is their own creator and it's going to create their own experience after they pass but in general and this is from my perception from having dealt with so many spirits who've like immediately ejected their body to have been out of their body for, for a long while is um, depending on the state in which you were when you were living really says a lot about what your experience is going to be some spirits cross boom very quickly they're thrust into the light and they're in that heavenly realm but there's this space in between that they have to pass and most spirits take a few days to pass through that that's why we have those memorials and funerals and um, celebrations of life where everybody comes together and that kind of helps kind of you know, ease lift, them ease them into that higher plane. Mm -hmm. And but if somebody had a really difficult life, or maybe they had a lot of physical issues, sometimes they stay in that middle plane to kind of like raise their vibration a little bit, to to heal a little bit, to process the things that they've gone through, especially if it was a difficult death. Um, and then sometimes people get stuck, and they get in kind of a loop, and it's this very discombobulating and confusing loop specifically like suicides for example somebody who was in a deep state of depression when they took their life they can get caught in that emotion over and over and over again and it never ends and they don't know that they died and many many years can pass in this earthly space but they're still stuck in that moment of, of their death or their passing or their trauma mm -hmm. and um, and you know that that is a sort of kind of a hell reality really when you get caught in that loop and so there is hell yeah a hellish reality a limbo and then being able to cross over fully and then there's like infinite details in between there that we could talk about for hours and hours as to how that works but in general that's how i see it and then your belief system has a big part on what you're going to see so if you were a buddhist you will likely have a very like be met with you know your your buddhist gods and you know your belief systems if you're christian christ might come if you're um, just in paganism it might just be earth elements but either way there's a transition point there is um, beings that come and assist in that transition and you're met on the other side and you become more youthful more vibrant you, you you're not so heavy energetically and uh, you come into a state of unconditional love and yeah. so that's that's that in a handbasket. <laughs> so you can see things from a different perspective and kind of like understand better why certain things had to happen in your mm -hmm. life. So you're a little bit less pissed off. Exactly. Yeah. People and on the other side do not hold a grudge against people who are living at all. Right. Because it's like a video game of sorts. Right. And are any of those states eternal? Like would somebody like go to hell, to a hell and be there for eternity? Or, you know, like do you ever get stuck in one place forever or everything is in transition even there? Well... It's interesting because the word eternity is, you know, on the human level, we're trying to, uh, we're trying to quantify. identify, quantify it through our understanding of time. And we live in this like linear timeline. So when somebody says eternity, you're thinking like thousands, millions, of, forever. Like we can't, we can't take that in, you know? So 
it's kind of a scary thought to think, oh, I could be there in hell for millions of years and never ever get out. But really it's a state of consciousness. It's the sense of timelessness and it goes on and on forever, yet it's no moment at all. So when if, that's really great if you're in a heavenly eternity and because it's so blissful and you never want to leave and it lasts forever. But if you're in a hell reality and you're being sort of tortured by, you know, your own darkness, that can be very horrible feeling. But I don't believe anyone's soul is bound and anchored to be anywhere forever. I think even the worst and the darkest have a chance for liberation and freedom into a, and a higher plane of existence. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and that goes down a whole other wormhole. But th th there's people like me or us that help assist those spirits. And there are beings in those other dimensions that help them or their loved ones and their angels. You know, there's a lot of assistance out there trying to help all those mm -hmm. souls that are stuck. Beautiful. Yeah. I look forward to it. Um, I believe in karma, so if you do good things, then you manifest a nicer reality for yourself later and build on that, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Alright, so next I want to ask you about aliens, man. <laughs> aliens are cool. Like, are they good? Are they bad? What are they doing? Are they trying to help us? Are they trying to conquer us? Are they in our government? Are they going to... Uh, show up to like you know take our resources are they gonna come and save us from our own human stupidity uh, how many are they I guess don't tell me all of those questions but tell me what you what you've seen okay so um, I I have seen ETs and I've had direct visitations and my I was visited a lot when I was a child, but I didn't really understand it until I became an adult what it was. I used to tell my mom or anybody who would listen, I had that scary ant dream with the giant ants, and you know, and it was the same dream every single time. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s, I was 21 years old, I had just had my first child, she was four months old, and I was living in Boulder Creek, California. I was sitting out on my porch contemplating the fact that I was this new young mom, I had this little baby to take care of, and wow, this is crazy. And then I heard this high-pitched ringing noise, and in front of me, these three tall greys appeared to me, and they telepathically kind of pummeled me with all of this information and from my perspective it was like a like a strobe light of like images and information it was like <laughs> it was going through I was going through galaxies I was seeing their technology and so much stuff that I could never bring even a fraction of a morsel of what they told me. Would you say that's like opening the Akashic records inside of all of us? I, I, I would guess so. It was, you know, I didn't really understand it for many years until I met a shaman way later who had the exact same experience as me. But um, I did come out of it with a few clear things. And the first message they said to me is like, you need to know that we are real and that we have everything to do with what's happening here on the planet. And they told me a little bit about their technology, and um, it's way more than I can understand, but it had something to do with the way light travels. Like, they were able to harness that. I don't know how light moves through dimensions and moves so quickly. Um, they, they told me that. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was too much and in a way painful and sort of invasive but and scary because I had never experienced anything like that. And I, and I screamed to them, I'm not ready screamed it like I'm not ready mm -hmm. and uh, they left 
Um, but I think back to that because nowadays ETs are so all over the place for me and I'm seeing them all the time and more and more specifically in the last year and more and more in the, specifically in the last few months. It's, it's, it's like it's intensifying. it's intensifying by a lot. Yeah. So, so you say you saw those grays that first time. What, uh -huh. what other kinds have you seen? Um, I've seen these tall, th that was the first visitation was the tall ones. They were about, you know, six a little over six feet tall the classic like area 51 with the big black eyes and the long limbs and then i've seen um, shorter ones that look about like three and a half four feet tall that look very similar but they're a little bit more kind of squatty and i see those ones um, kind of often and a uh, number of years ago i would uh, four or five years ago i got visited by these ones um, that I call Lemurians, and many people may have heard of Lemurians or not, but they're uh, tall beings that wear these robes, and they have these like long, like pale skin and long, like thin hair. And and honestly, the first time I saw them, I was like, what kind of like fantasy book am, are, are these beings coming out of it? it? Like spooked me out. But they're the ones that communicate with me the most, and they have different like pockets of. Um, civilizations all over the planet and I wouldn't really call them ETs because they've been here on this planet longer than humans have um, but they're fifth dimensional beings they're very heart-centered loving healing beings and they they're helping humanity right now during this like kind of shift that spiritual shift that we're going through and um, Pleiadians go hand in hand with the Lemurians so the Pleiadians came in because oftentimes they've been side by side and because of the nature of my work and because I've read so many people I get a lot of ETs incarnate in physical bodies who come in and so a lot of the messages I, I give to people are like, okay, so you're an ET and you're from here and this is your mission. And I've had nobody really argue with me, either they knew and just needed validation or, you know, I've had a few interesting people that I'm pretty sure were ETs, <laughs> like knew it, you know, but, uh, and then the last one I met was an Arcturian. It was this beautiful, like, blue-bodied blue being, and that was my most recent contact. But I meet all kinds, and there's so many and more to explore, and sometimes I meet ones that I'm like, oh, I've seen you before through other people. But mostly, most of the contacts are, they're coming to me to give messages to my clients. And the personal times they contact me are few and far between. They tend to happen on very specific, like, portal points, like eclipses and full moons and cool stuff like that. And they come to give me direct messages about, like, humanity and what's happening and how I'm supposed to navigate that. Mm -hmm. So they're good in your uh, experience? In my experience, any of the ones that I have seen have been good. But, you know... I can't speak for, I've heard of other things, but I just haven't had any personal experience with uh, negative ones. So as far as I can tell, there seems to be a consens consensus amongst them, <laughs> a consensus amongst the ETs that they're here to help humanity. And this is a very interesting time to be alive. And uh, all the different ETs are part of these other like sub-soul groups all over the planet. and. Um, a lot of people here are, as they say, starseeds, incarnations of these different ETs from other dimensions and planets coming here to do this light work and spread the love and the healing and get us to where we, we need to be going. Mm -hmm. So if these aliens are all around us, how come I can't see them? Because they're uh, vibrating at a different frequency, first of all. So we're in you know a third dimensional space and most of the ETs I've experienced are in fourth, fifth, maybe sixth, and the frequencies get higher and higher. And the further away we are from this dimension, the harder it is to see, unless you have 
uh, psychic or intuitive abilities and you're able to see into those spectrums. It's like being able to see more colors or hear more sounds. Right. Some people just have that ability. And the other thing is, is they're very different looking and it's very jarring. You, you would think not, but to see something fully embodied that looks so different than human, and even though I've been seeing them forever, scares the bejesus out of me the second it happens. And then I have to kind of like grab myself and be like, mm. okay, this is happening. The Lemurians, um, they come in the most solid for me, and I'm most used to them. But, you know, if you see like a totally, you know, strange big-eyed being pop up in front of you, it would scare you, and I think they know that. And so they don't want to alarm people, and they don't want that fear reaction to create harm mm -hmm. for themselves or for for the people that they're appearing to. So, I mean, that's that's what I theorize. And then plus, I imagine there's probably some, like, bigger rule that they're not really supposed to show themselves. There's probably some specific... Right. energetic laws right my guess well i can't wait to meet them uh, i'm working at like putting my higher frequency vibration out there uh may humanity will evolve so that more of us can see them and we can have new uh you know friends that help us on our path to becoming a better human human race so i'm very optimistic about aliens all the time i, I love to putting them in my art and yeah hope we meet them soon um so we were just recently in Tarapoto, Peru, the jungle. Right now we're in the Sierra, the mountains, the Andes, but we were just in the jungle, just even just a couple few days ago. And we did a two week uh, art and medicine retreat. It was my seventh, it was really fun. And uh, during that was my birthday, 42 years old. I'm not that old guys. Uh, <laughs> and as a present, you gave me a reading, you know? Um, so tell me what you saw when you looked into my code or, or inner spiritual body. You are a really beautiful soul, you know, and but, <laughs> but you know, flawed as anybody is, you know, there were areas of improvement, but I saw you as this very powerful and dynamic vortex. You're channeling a lot of energy, not only for yourself, but for people around you, your friends, your fans, the planet. And there's like a specific quality of energy that I'll see in certain people, and they're just kind of wired energetically to handle more, handle more of that grounding, that settling, that healing for all of these energies, the static that's all around. Um, you have a beautiful heart, a heart that feels like a best friend the second you, you're in it. And I think that, you. you know, and that's why so many people love you and are admire, admire what you do. I see you have powerful spirit guide system. I saw five different guides with you. Most people don't even get one sometimes. I have to read really? them. Oh, yeah. Is there people with no guides? No, they all have guides, but they, they're not ready to like have them step forward and speak. So some, some people I'll read them three, four times before a guide will be like, okay, let me, let me show myself. They're ready to hear this. And some people, it's like one or two. You had five distinctly, very clear, which was awesome. I had my monk guy. You had this monk guy. And then I had... Uh, nature woman, which I'm thinking is ayahuasca. Yeah, I think so. She's yeah. taking a ride on me. That's cool. And then three of the of the other guides who were specifically behind my third eye, trying to send me messages, um, resemble the qualities of the free uh, plant uh, master plant dietas that I did: uh, ajosacha, bachuja, and bovinsana. So you told me these qualities. It's like, wow, it sounds like like my plant master right. dietas, and that's what they tell you. You're drinking these trees so you can absorb the essence and the spirit of these trees that will teach you lessons and help you on your path. 
Right, that was wild when you explained that to me because they literally were the embodiments of those plant medicines, but they were in the back and they were getting their messages through to you, but there was some things that needed to move out of the way so right. you could my read <laughs> your gremlin. Tell me about the gremlin. You had this like cool looking gremlin kind of riding on your shoulder and, you know, whispering little nasty love nothings into your ear. He's just <laughs> telling me bullshit all bullshit. the time. He's saying I suck, you know? Yeah. Fucking gremlin. He was poking <laughs> at your insecurities. Um, but we got rid of him. And and then your you other guys. You played it with a sound healing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You just Thank you. you just needed to know. You know, with entities and things, it seems oh, it can seem so scary. But uh, you know, if you don't know they're there, then they they have all the power. It doesn't matter if they're this big or this big. But once you know what you're looking for and where it's at, it's like boom. Get out. the fuck out. Get out of here. Yeah. No more. And so that thing had been taunting you for a long time. But I'm glad it's gone. And it seems like, as you shared with me, that your guides seem to be stepping forward a little more. You're getting a little more direct messages. So yeah. That's good. Well, I'm also learning to listen more because they could be talking all the time, and I could be like, "Well, who's talking? You know, is it my mind? Is it God? Is it you know a million things?" But when I kind of try to stay still, listen, and be like, "Okay, how am I? What am I really listening to right now?" And then try to feel who's that you know speaking, mm -hmm. and then trust it. Right. You know, that's important, the right. trust. Um, and then what else you saw in, in, in the thing? You had, a, you had a big hole in your aura. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we want our auras to be nice and full and strong with a nice barricade around us. So we're still able to see and perceive what's going on around us, but we're not taking on too much from the, the outside influences. The and haters. The haters are just well, like, you found a gap in my aura. With you specifically, it was the haters. And you were taking it, you're way too vulnerable. You're taking way too much of those energies in. And you're taking like a lot more than the regular people on the planet do because of the, your social media reach and everything. Um, and it was just destroying your light and it was, m you know, making you less, you know, secure when it came to certain things, less confident about yourself when it came to certain things. So we patched up that hole, we sealed it up, puttied it up, brought that light open. So you're still strengthening it, but... Yeah, know. I'll keep on working at yeah, it. Yeah, keep working on it. Thank you. <laughs> then another way you helped me during the retreat was doing some soul retrievals. Now, what is a soul retrieval? Soul retrievals are, in my space, when I'm reading people, sometimes I'll see them locked into a certain age, and I'll know it's via the specific quality of energy that something probably pretty traumatic that they experienced or were going through at that specific age. And I've done a few soul retrievals with you in the short time that we've known each other, but specifically that one... Um, I saw a part of you as a young boy feeling very insecure and maybe picked on a lot and, you know, not knowing if you belonged. And as we all do when we're kids trying to fit in with our friends, but there was still that, like, piece of your energy that was still locked in that emotional state. And then it was, like, everything that you built upon it, but it was, like, seated. It was balanced on that little, like, broken part of you. So I was able to go in and literally retrieve the little boy that you are and tell him that it was okay and that you're special and you're beautiful and you're going to do amazing things and you know pull helped pull him out of the dark the dark realm that I saw him in and then I saw you um start start taking steps up into a higher and brighter light and 
as you integrated more into the, the fullness of who you are today, I saw with each step that you grew into the man that you were and then walked into the light. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're, you're back whole, you're back full, that little piece of you, that broken boy that I saw is now fully embodied in this, the man that you are today. Thank you. Yeah. I can't really... It was so beautiful. It brought me to tears. I was crying the whole time. It was, it was really beautiful. I can't thank you enough for what you've helped me in the short two weeks that we met each other. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep on doing my walk, you know, yeah. so, you know, I can keep on helping people and just having a happy life. I, I think that's what we all want. So let's get into past lives. <laughs> um, do we all have past lives? Um, how does a past life affect us? And also, you know, let's say any of us has like, you know, a past life as a famous person. You know, let's just imagine that I was pre account with some past life. I'm not saying that I was, but, but if I was, was, was I the only one who used to be Fria Kahlo or the other humans alive in this time that also were Fria Kahlo in some kind of fractalization of souls? Okay, well, let's start at the beginning. Has everybody lived a past life on Earth? No. Has everybody lived a past incarnation of some sort? As far as I can tell, yes. Um, not everybody's been on Earth. In fact, there's a lot of people right now who've never been to Earth before. This is their first trip here, and, and uh, they exist more eternally in other dimensions and planets or places. And they're bringing their knowledge and wisdom to the planet at this time and doing their work through this human, you know, vessel. Um, but there are also a lot of people who have been doing this Earth trip a long time, and some of us are really good at it, and some of us not so good. We're struggling. On, on Earth is a tough place to be. Um, and reincarnation is sort of this kind of loop that we're in. And depending on what we accomplished and the lessons we learned or not learned will really kind of help shape the, the next incarnation, the next incarnation. And having said that, I want to say it's not linear. You're born in 1800, it's not, then 1900, then 2000. It hops around. You can be totally enlightened in 1800 and totally like dumb and dumb as rocks in the 2000s. We jump around as we're learning. Um, so the question being in reincarnation, especially with these really spectacular people like Frida Kahlo or other amazing people who walk this planet, is there only one? No. Because the first thing you got to understand is this soul that we are, me, here, you, here, we are but like one tiny facet of our oversoul that exists in this higher dimensional plane that Which knows is, all of the things. Everything. Knows all of everything we've experienced, everything that we were. And at the, at the end, and this is going really far, we're all God. We're all the one infinite creator consciousness pretending to be different, you know. Right. So we are such supernatural, super-powered beings that to, to wield, wield any of it in these humble, fragile little bodies, we can only take a drop. So there are many of us who are fractioned off, multifaceted all over this planet doing work. I mean, I don't doubt that I'm probably somewhere. You're all over. We're all over living multiple lives, multiple realities at the same time, working out different levels of our karma and our lessons, you know. So yeah, you could be somebody important from another lifetime, but there are likely other people who share that same memory mm-hmm. and that same imprint from that same lifetime. So don't let it get to your head. It's just saying, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we've all I'm been somebody. Saying, we've all been but, somebody special. <laughs> but we both got unibrows and we're Latino artists. 
So, hey, maybe, I don't know. Um, um, so does that kind of go along with uh, uh, soul flames, you know, twin flames or, uh, you know, souls that seem to be reflected in two different bodies? Twin flames and soulmates, they're similar but different to me. Uh, Soulmates, you have a soul group, okay, and it's like kind of the same pocket of souls that you all keep reincarnating together because you have a lot of work to do with each other and you have a lot of time and energy invested in these relationships. And twin flames to me are more bonded on the other side, but they come and incarnate to assist each other mm-hmm. and, and making sure that we're, you know, staying on our path and doing what we're meant to do, but it's it's less um, less complicated I think twin flames tend to be less complicated soulmates that's where all the drama and all the intensity and all the things I haven't let go from five years five lifetimes ago still affecting me in this relationship and you know usually your family members your lovers your best friends the people you spend the most amount of time with those are the ones that are in your soul group and your soulmates we have many many soulmates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. beautiful so how do you observe the situation of the planet Earth right now? Like, are we totally hopeless? It looks like we're fucked. But I also know that humans are so amazing and that we can do anything. We're God incarnate in the physical plane and we live in this fucking heaven if we could just go out there and enjoy it and respect it. But there's some greedy ass motherfuckers out there that want to like, you know, control it, the negative forces, whatever. And they're doing the impossible more and more to keep us in control and, uh, and not allow God to flower. But then when I see that, I was like, well, God's going to win at the end, no matter what, who can beat God? But it seems like, you know, humans have gone through a rough time many times. Is this going to be another one of those times where we go through a rough time in order for God to remember that he was God? Or will we eventually just truly wake up, be enlightened, and make the world a better place? What's your take on that? Well, you know, as with any healing process, even if it's like a minor cut to like, you know, some deep emotional letting out, it's in, 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 in ceremonies, ayahuasca ceremonies, we're purging. It's an ugly, unpleasant process. And globally, and the macrocosm of what's happening is like, we're all collectively going through that, that pain body and, and releasing all of the ugliness. So this healing process is going to be unpleasant and there's going to be a lot of ugly truths that come to the surface, not only in your personal lives, but like what's happening in our communities, what's happening within the countries, within the planets, within the universe, you know, we're all going through it on a smaller scale and larger scale. So my advice to anybody is to keep your eyes on the prize because there is nothing anybody will ever tell me to convince me that where we are heading is not going to be the most profoundly amazing thing that we've ever experienced. Like I've seen it so many times. Everything that I know, the work that I do all leads to that place. And there's a lot of distractions in between point A and point B, and a lot of people get caught up in that. They get caught up in all the stories, and they and it lowers their vibration. It lowers their frequency. They get into fear. <sighs> they get stuck. They get worried. They're worry. That's it's nice to worry, I guess. It shows you care, but that's a low vibrational energy. Instead of worrying, just send it love. Just send it light, hugs and kisses, rainbow, you know, whatever you whatever energies or visions you have. 
um, think of it from a higher frequency and stay in that place. And if you can keep your own vibration high and just stay happy and joyful, that totally ripples out from you. And it affects everybody around you. And then that brings that light and joy to everybody else and so on and so forth. And that's really what we need to be focused on. And um, that's what I try to do. But we are heading somewhere amazing. I would bet anybody a dollar that we are. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the truth is, is, is we got some tough patches to go through before we get there. And that is in part of my own intuitive knowing and the messages that I get. And I don't think we're through, you know, the worst of it yet. Not to, like, be scare people, but that's just the way that I see it. It's like, you know, brace yourselves. We got a few bumpy things coming up. But I really do believe it's all going to be worth it. And this is... This is the ugly side of it. We have some, some deeper truths that need to come to the surface so we can let it go and go into a higher plane of existence. Right, like a giant ayahuasca ceremony. A global ayahuasca. But on the vibrational level, we don't really need to... Yeah, we don't have yeah. to puke on each other like left and right over the streets. That would be disgusting. So please, God, don't do that. Um, but I love what you're saying for real like it gives me so much optimism because when I got to the retreat I was still vibing on the worry of like what the fuck's going on in the world I, I worry about the world I see all the problems and great resets and vaccines and this and the other is just stacking up and I like what do I do as a as an artist, as a role model to young artists, like what do I do to keep them positive and keep myself positive, but also not ignoring the problems of the world. So it's good that I go to like do ayahuasca in the jungle. It's good I, I give myself a week in Cusco to look at ruins and recharge energies. And I hope I can go back to my life and uh, keep that vibe if I don't get affected too much by it. Well, the you know, collectively we're all contributing to a bigger pool of energy and and a lot of people on the planet are scared and, and there's things to be scared of i'm not trying to discount what's actually happening on the planet um but there's a difference in knowing being aware of your energy emissions in those moments and when are you burning too much energy in a direction that really isn't affecting you in the moment like sitting in your house safe alone and sitting in fear or just like being grounded and present doing your meditations and asking you know your spirit guides or just your your god or whatever it is for guidance you know keeping your your energy high eat healthy get fresh air exercise don't sit in your house watching the news being afraid you're only contributing to that like mucky that fear and there's a lot of it the air is very thick you know it's just, like hard to breathe there you know after covid hit it was very hard to breathe energetically in general so you know you have tools people who do their smudges and their chants and their mantras and they play irie music and you know kind of open up those energies so you can you feel back to yourself and that's very important and the more of us that are contributing to that it'll affect everybody else right so, that's a good attitude i like, like to keep it positive and i hope you too well <laughs> Judea, thank you so much. That was a super awesome so interview. You're a great person. I love you. Oh, I hope you. you keep on spreading your good vibes and perspectives to the whole world more and more as we transmute this planet into the loving place we all really want it to be. So thank you once again for being on the show. And I'll say goodbye to my viewers. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Chris Dyer's Creative Friends. Woo! I hope you liked it, so please press like, 
subscribe, share, pass it along. You know, it's some good medicine for the people. So thank you for your support. I'll see you next week. Blessings. Today, I'm interviewing my good old friend, Ashley Spiro. We're tearing down the patriarchy right now. Women's empowerment is at the forefront of our society. Like, that is what we've been working on. We're tearing down the patriarchy. It, it has so many dark fingers twisted around our world. And we're tearing that up, and we're breaking it down, and feminine power is rising, and then it's time to heal the masculine. It's time to go into the masculine wounds and heal the masculine. And um, we've had so many things swept under the rug and been in shadow and voices unheard. And every, every woman has felt unheard at some point in her journey. She's felt unheard and she wasn't able to speak her voice. And we need to heal that. It's a huge wound and the, the feminine and the softness and the healing that comes from that is something our society really needs. So make sure to subscribe, like, and everything else. Big thanks and see you next week. Peace.